Hey, Sharon. Hey, Hannah. Hey. Welcome to the Chutzpah Podcast. Also known as Chutzpah. Where we interview change makers and visionaries in the Jewish community. We like to have people on with a healthy dose of audacity. With, Just uh, yeah, like that. Yeah. Those who stick it to the man or and or... Woman. We don't discriminate. <laughs> we do not discriminate. Just as long as you're sticking it to someone, you are welcome here. Um, and today we have the wonderful and talented and ubiquitous, seemingly, Flatbush Girl. Also, Woo! hey guys, what's up? <laughs> hey. For those who don't know, the woman behind the incredibly influential um, Instagram account is Adina Miles. And I will read her brief bio, which I have prepared here. <clears throat> and here goes nothing. Known as Flatbush Girl, Adina Miles is a social media personality who has created comedic videos on Instagram and YouTube. When an ad she placed in a Jewish newspaper was rejected because of the paper's policy to not print pictures of women, she responded by covering her face in the photo with a crying laughing emoji and launched the hashtag From Women Have Faces campaign. As of early June, Miles was collecting signatures to get on the ballot for Democratic district leader in Brooklyn's 45th district. And what? so we, we have somebody who is currently running for district leader. District leader. So what she is district her. leader? District leader is actually a volunteer position. So, you know, it actually costs thousands of dollars to try to run. And all that money is going towards the opportunity, privilege, and honor of serving my community on a volunteer level. Is it Flatbush? You, you're paying to volunteer. Yes. Who's behind this? <laughs> Just kidding. Right. Um, it would be for one of the districts, with like a section of Flatbush. Okay. Um, it's, you know, it encompasses a lot of where, you know, Orthodox Jews live and then goes down to Brighton Beach. And um, I was t I was telling to Sharon when we first launched the Chutzpah podcast, what seems like many moons ago, uh, when we were brainstorming what type of individuals we would want to feature on the podcast, your name was one of the first, if Thank not you. the first on the list. Well, I'm happy I'm here finally. Yeah. And I know. Yeah. Yeah. So what inspired your um, desire to take a successful position as a uh, social media influencer, among other things, and translate it into becoming an active volunteer uh, representing your community? That's an excellent question. I sometimes try to grapple with this question myself. <laughs> what, what am I thinking? What am I doing? Um, I would like to see that there is some strategy behind it, which I'll go into in a moment. But I'd also like to say that a lot of it is very spontaneous, not necessarily thought out, not necessarily reverse engineering some sort of long-term plan. Part of what has gotten me here in life is always just you know, grabbing the bull by the horns and just going with the moment, riding the waves that come out like right there and then being open to whatever opportunities are thrown my way, entertaining all opportunities, not overthinking it. So kind of that um, nimbleness has really gotten me here. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of the strategy behind it, well, I feel like it was glamorous once upon a time to be active in your local politics. It was glamorous. It was, you were doing your civic duty. You were contributing to America. People were yearning for living the American dream. You think of the Kennedys, you think of Jackie O, um, you know, you think of Ronald Reagan and you you just associate it with a certain amount of, there's some glamour involved. Mm -hmm. And people felt like it was their privilege and honor to vote. And 
you know, voter registration is down terribly. The voter turnout is even worse. People associate registering to vote with, oh, now I need to be called to jury duty. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you know why it's called jury duty? Because that's your duty as a citizen to help America uphold our liberties and our freedoms. You think it's fun for them to require a jury of your peers to be to be present in order to determine whether someone's innocent or not. I mean, these are our privileges. These are the rights that people have died for and people are afraid of going down and doing their part. I have to take off from work, who's gonna watch my kids. I mean, first of all, there's many laws involved where you can get dismissed for a certain amount of time. So, you know, it's time to reset people's perspectives on what it means to register to vote, what it means to have an active voice. And a lot of that comes from trying to bring glamour back to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, now that I have the attention of a lot of young people who came in through my modeling pictures, my makeup pictures, my humorous videos, Mm -hmm. now that I have their attention, it's like, okay, now let's do something important. Let's convert this into something meaningful. Um, These young girls and these young boys who are following me so they, they can laugh and see what's in style and what's trendy, let's now get them and show them the importance of what it means to step up for your community, um, even on a non-paid position, you know? Wow. That's amazing. That really is amazing. Thank you. Um, And what made you realize the incredible value of having a voice, um, whether it be on the district level um, or moving past that in the American political conversation so as you know um the character i've kind of been trying to create this influential you know social media person um a lot of it comes along with controversy or what people consider controversial because anytime you're going to make a statement that is different than what the masses are saying or that's not parif Right. So right. If you're going to go super fleshings or super milk eggs, right? <laughs> you're going to encounter, you know, the flock getting very um, uncomfortable. Un- uncomfortable and unnerved. Right. So when I think of the word controversy, a lot of people think of it as a negative terminology. But I like to think of it as growing pains. Mm. Right. So it's painful and it's it's irritating, but you're obviously growing muscle. Um, a lot of the controversy that I've caused by advocating for female rights, um, advocating for the LGBTQ community within our from circles and not allowing people to say, well, they don't exist. You know, of course they exist. They're right here. You can sweep them under the rug, um, but they're still here and they're still wanting to be accepted as from members of the community. Um, so all of these topics um, have have forced me to encounter a lot of a lot of um, a lot of heat and a lot of pushback. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but I run my own social media company and a lot of my clients have reached out to me like every time I do like a controversial post and they say like help like we're getting like our customers are getting nervous or we're getting nervous our customers won't shop here or mm-hmm. did you have to post that now now the owner is going to say why do we have such a controversial social media manager even though Flappish Girl has nothing to do with really what's being organized for them it's my team it's graphic artists right. it's videographers it's it's copywriters it's really nothing to do with me I happen to just manage and delegate but I really you know so the point is that that pushback 
I feel will diminish a little more if there's more acceptance on a political level. Mm. You know, it's one thing if, you know, I'm, I'm not going to become the next Robertson. I'm not going to become the next principal of a Orthodox Jewish school. I don't think that there'll be enough acceptance there. Um, but I'm not deterred and I'm trying to get acceptance where people can't fight me on. And when it comes to politics, it comes down to numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you know, if, Five Hasidic um, companies don't want to hire me, but I get 4,000 signatures to back me up to be on a ballot. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not so much you can. I mean, yes, you can say I don't want to work with you professionally, but you can't ignore the influence that right. someone who can get 4,000 signatures on a petition has. So one thing that I've, I've appreciated the transparency in it in your process where you said like this happened today and I don't feel great about it. And this person said they may be dropping me. What do you guys think? So I, I, I want you to like really appreciate that. And that takes so much guts. Um, I'm also curious about what are some of like the positive, like, you know, who are the random people that you never thought would be on board with what you're doing or saying? And I don't know any of those sort of stories or anecdotes. Wow, I'm actually trying. I'm a very positive person, and I'm really searching my mind. I really am. I'm like searching, like who. Right. Um, I'd say the whole hashtag for women have faces. Like, there is now a website and a Facebook right, group, and a, right? Whatever, and definitely. Um, but I would still say, with all the support that there is, everyone always has a line, mm -hmm. and that is to me, in a way, a little disappointing because it's almost like telling someone, oh, like you're fit to um, run the helm of the ship, but like, just just don't go like northeast to like 30 degrees and like, just just don't go 45 degrees to the south. Like if you're entrusting a certain amount of like change to come from a voice, um, it's a shame to me that every, like everyone has their line, which I respect, but I just, I can't find my own line. And I'm just wondering <laughs> like, is that a problem with me or is yeah. that whatever? But I guess I would say that I'm really so grateful to the Hasidish clients who have stayed with me throughout this. People who don't, they don't even have smartphones. Mm -hmm. They have to like borrow a friend's phone to see what I'm up to. And, you know, and to be able to answer like their partners who say, oh, why does Lapish Media run our, our our pages and I'm so grateful to the ones who have stuck it out and said no we understand that this is you as a per as a that there's a difference between who you are as um as an influencer as a marketing company and you know and right. as an individual yeah so I'm so grateful for those people mm -hmm. who have continued to support me you know financially just for our listeners who have been living under a rock no shame <laughs> yeah. no shame without a smartphone but without a smartphone um can you tell us, let's back up the hashtag from women have faces campaign. We have listeners of all ages and um, religions. So what was it? Can you give us, well, you know, like two sentences. I'm it not was a moment you. in which I think there was an awakening amongst women who were becoming com um, complicit in a hate crime against themselves. Mm -hmm. Women who were, who are sponsoring magazines, reading newspapers and seeing that their faces were being omitted purposefully and they were being objectified and sexualized as were their daughters because no females of any age are allowed to be inside these newspapers or magazines and there was a um, there was like an epiphany moment where women were like one second wait this isn't so normal right why are we allowing this to happen to us and when was that epiphany moment for you do you remember any specific point in time when you were like Hold up. Something wrong. Um, 
I think a lot of people were saying to me things like, oh, any woman who would even want to be in a newspaper is an attention whore. Did they actually use that language? Oh, yes. People use that language with me all the time, right? So putting my face in... That's so from. It is, right? (laughs) It is right. right. But from is a colloquialism for... It's no Ehrlich. For um, religiosity, um, just for listeners who are new to the term. I'm curious to know when you first realized that you had a special talent for social media. I would say even humor, like growing up, were, was it, were you funny were people like, class? oh, that girl's like, funny. Were you they know, like, why core... is she so funny? How that girl's that funny. Possible? She's a girl. She's yeah. funny. What? Yeah. Just kidding. But... I'm actually not funny. Yes, you I'm are. Not, no, yes, no, you I'm are. really not. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm sorry to shatter everyone's like, perception. I think I'm not you are funny. funny. What do you mean you're not funny? I'm not funny. It's it's. We can like everything we can you decide today funny. until then. That's, so, that's not true. But okay, go ahead. Humor is a powerful way to communicate with an audience in a way that's Mm non-threatening. I selected humor as a way to communicate with my audience on purpose in order to send out messages that were more likely to become contagious and sticky, AKA viral. Mm -hmm. So I had to um, get people on board who had a knack for humor to help me create scripts, to help Mm -hmm. me create social commentary. Because at my core, humor is not necessarily my forte. I think my forte is more kind of pattern seeking and you know I got onto social media I had just had my second son I was home I you know nursed him exclusively for two years and I was power to you thank you I appreciate it I was very impressed power to you you, mama thank you after a year I was like get that pump out of my sight (laughs) out of my sight I guess if I would have used a pump it would have been harder but I I had the luxury at the time of just being with him all day and I was just I was just looking at, I didn't know what Instagram was. I didn't, this was, this was 2015. I didn't know what Instagram was and I, I opened it and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at, okay, these people, yeah, these people who have thousands of followers, tens of thousands of followers, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And just trying to zero, like trying to come up with the common denominator, trying to come up with what would be, like what would be a message I would want to get out there and what would be the fast track there. And so I saw that humor was very powerful. So was hate, like a lot of cynicism. It's just, I don't know if that's my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but that would also be very powerful. Like if I were to use a hateful message, that would probably spread faster. And what did you want to do with it? Like what, were, what was the plan? I think I just felt this certain injustice going on towards women. I think at my core, really? I've always been a feminist. I, my mother has modeled for me. She's been, you know, she grew up... She grew up in a Hasidic neighborhood and she's always been at the Shabbos table, like just, I don't know, just like shouting at the men at the table and fighting. Is your mom Hasidish? She grew up in a Hasidic neighborhood. I mean, her brothers did have like Langa Pius, but I don't know. Wait, we're going to need a translation. Langa Pius, like long Pius. Um, Pius are the sideburns that you frequently see Hasidim. Uh, wearing she does have like Hasidic roots um but I mean she has you know she was still like she went to college she has a PhD in psychology which she did what with having four kids um I think just her being always outspoken accepting of other cultures she kind of modeled for me what it means to be like an, an empowered outspoken woman and then just from there I started really seeing how when you when you make a statement or when you read something, if someone if you if you would omit gender, 
things would be so different. Mm -hmm. It's really the gender that just, you know, causes so much stifling towards females, especially in the from community. Absolutely. So uh, Shira Hanau, who is our audio editor and is sitting here at this table now, was an intern at the Jewish Week um, when the From Women Have Faces campaign launched. I'm just bringing this anecdotally. Shira, I'm not going to make you <laughs> say anything. I was going to make her say something. <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, I remember telling Shira, you should call Adina and get the personal side of this story. There's been uh, this tremendous, there, there was a tremendous uh, flurry of media attention on the campaign itself and on what it was responding to in terms of the trend in certain orthodox publication of eliminating the faces of women. But I was like, Let, we need to get the, the human, the person who is who launched this and what is she dealing with in response on a personal level. And that was actually one of our most read stories yeah. of 2017. Yes, it was, Shira. Uh, <laughs> um, and in it, you described very candidly about some of the personal things that you had to give up in order to become the conveyor of this controversial growing pains message uh so tell us a little bit more about about what it's like to uh, make sacrifices on a personal level for something that you believe in and, and putting yourself out there in a real way um and sort of making yourself a target for for the for those who want a target <laughs> um so in terms of like well i could start with a few levels on a personal level i've lost a great deal of close friends all my childhood friends i don't think there's any left actually who have really just chickened out, who have just had to draw a line in the sand because their kids are in yeshivas, their husbands are more, you know, black hat and, you know, they're part of shuls and not feeling comfortable kind of, you know, associating themselves with me anymore mm -hmm. um, for being outspoken, not feeling comfortable having their little daughters around me because of what kind of what kind of messages I'm maybe modeling for them. A lot I like of want my sons to learn from you. Like that's a strong woman <laughs> and get ready for that. Cause the world will be full of them. Okay. Yeah. I think, you're, I think your son's like, that's are, hard to hear. Cause I'm sure I'm you're like, there you're modeling the, for like, them. Oh though. my God. It's funny. Yeah. Everyone at this table has, a, we only have, I have a son and you have two sons and Sharon has We're making sons. feminist boys. Okay. So, <laughs> wow. That's a lot. What yeah. About, like your family. Um, so family, um, I have some certain, um, members of my, like my husband's aunts have kind of been like, nah, like, no, not gonna, like they removed me from the WhatsApp group, from the family WhatsApp group. It's okay. And it's fine. Do they tell you? Like, do they tell you? Or they just, most like, people who like at least have do the, actions say. like that don't have enough self awareness to be able to like put into words why they're doing certain that. It's mm -hmm. kind of like just gut reactions that they don't know how to process. I found. Mm -hmm. um, so on a personal level, I have lost a lot of friends. I've ha I have lost a lot of like you know family members in that way. But the people who have like, but you know, first of all, my parents have just been unconditionally supportive. My husband and partner has been conditionally supportive, um, and those and that's really the only thing I need. 
I really just need that that core base. I just need two or three people to really be my rock, and I can keep going. I want to be part of a WhatsApp group with you. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll so, call no, it no, like yeah. we'll call it like Adina's like rock. Cool. I don't know, like that's really hard, and like I I, I experienced an ounce of that, and I remember it really got to me. So I can't imagine like it's that's been, it's, it's been it's hard, hard, but I have to say there's something about my my brain where the I don't know. I guess it's the masochist and the martyr. Mm-hmm. Where the the martyr aspect of me it feels really privileged and elevated by mm-hmm. throwing myself into the fire to to help a message resonate for the next generation and to leave a legacy, right. even if my name was anonymous. Like, re, and I really, I really genuinely mean that. Like, even right. if my name was purged from the books, to have a message resonate. So, in that sense, like the martyr in me is is totally like, like let's go, let's bring it, like. Who else wants to leave my circle? Go. Like, you know, it's right. okay. You just, It's strengthening me to keep going. And then I guess the masochist in me really just sees so much beauty in the pain that comes along with, um, with, with taking these steps towards being... Um, I don't know, towards towards being the bearer mm-hmm. of this torch and the bearer of these messages in that if that's what it comes along with, if it comes along with losing friends, if it comes along with losing families, families, if it comes along with not being able to enroll my child in a certain school, if it comes along with my safety being threatened and having to get a camera system put in. Has your safety been threatened? Definitely. Holy People crap. have made like... I mean, not some. I mean, they're all anonymous, so I'm sure a lot of it is just bogus. But you never know. I mean, I have a family; I have to take some precautions. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, if that's what it comes along with, to me, that's just more of like a challenge to, like I said, growing pains, mm-hmm. build muscle. And it's like, let's go, wow. bring the hate, bring it, bring it, because your uncomfortableness will be the comfort level of one generation from now, and we will bear the fruit of this difficult process very soon. Wow, that's. I'm, we're sort of blown I mean, away. We just, you know, here we are in this room where we're four like women with our own mindsets, our own ways of, I mean, eloquent, cap- highly capable, empowered women. I don't mean to over, I mean, I'm so Thank over you, that Lapa term. Girl. Empowered. If I would just say to the four of us in this room, forget about who's listening, like really just the four of us in this room, like whatever you're doing, like go in harder and like whatever risks there are involved, like that is your privilege and duty for the girls who are coming after us i want to move to the 20 45th district do it for them like do it for the girls who are watching you the girls who are going to look back at your instagram and what and website in 60 years and their their teachers are going to say oh do a report on a woman who made statements that caused them to get a lot of backlash but made change like be that woman go harder in on it and and like and if you ever are going through anything where you're not, like you're not sure if it's worth the risk. Like just feel free to reach out. Like it's always worth the risk. It's worth it. So um, you have accomplished what wow. few people accomplish, which is you made me forget my next question. <laughs> What's my name? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that that really was. I feel like it's okay to pause for a second. Like it's just it's so refreshing to have someone just say like you just do what's right and being well aware of the escalated obvious imminent risk and saying and and let's jump in like that's incredible so, okay i've got a personal question sure have you ever been tempted to leave flatbush to wave goodbye to brooklyn and all the haters who are gonna hate and all the lovers who are gonna love and just 
travel somewhere a little quieter. Definitely not. It's never been ever like in my thought process. I think of it, you know, she's staying in Brooklyn, folks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, they say like if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. I think of it like if you can be a feminist within Flatbush. You can make it anywhere. The world is your oyster. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so if I and if I can win district leader in Flatbush, which by the way, like I, I, my, my helpers, they go around and they're like, "Are you a registered Democrat?" And people are like, "No, I'm a Republican." And like, and people are like, "What do you mean she's a female trying to make change? What kind of change?" Like, they're scared. Like, they're really scared. Their daughters are in. So what change do you want to make? Well, the first change With is this. really. I mean, we've addressed right. the many great things, but like in terms of this new role. So, well, there's two parts of what I want to do. My first one is really to, you know, model for the younger generation what it means to, like, try to, like, grab at your dream and and do things that where all the odds are stacked against you. That's where the magic happens and kind of show people, like, you can can do it too. And it's really not about winning or losing. It's really not. I've, I've said that multiple times in my Insta story. For me, it's not winning or losing. It's Winning would be a nice byproduct of this journey, but it's more about modeling what does it mean to like get a group together, petition, move hard and make action and do something like tangible to mm-hmm. try to get somewhere. And if that's what ends up happening and that's the only thing, like then that's that's okay. That's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. I'll learn for my next journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the second thing would really be, this is just more of a technicality, but a lot of other states have implemented digital local voting. So other than the presidential voting process you can you can vote for your local congressman your your district leaders whoever it is online as long as your identity is like verified and there's no reason why we can't bring that in for our younger generation for our 18 year olds who are in college who don't have time to go vote who don't want to go vote who don't feel motivated to vote but if it could become as simple as guys click the link in my bio and you can vote too this is the way we're communicating in 2018. We're communicating, like, there's online petitions that are signed for the White House to, you know, make certain changes. Why are we limiting this? Like, politicians are purposely. You could do almost anything from your smartphone. Yeah. Like, why can we not vote? You could plan any, I don't know. You why can, politicians yeah. are purposely, purposefully blockading the process of getting the younger voice in because they're scared of the millennial voice. The millennial voice is frightening to them because they know that we look at them in their stuffy suits and we're thinking and we're thinking like you are so out of touch Mm -hmm. and they're scared of what kind of movements can happen if you can vote for local. You know, who knows? Maybe DJ Khaled would be like his, his, (laughs) you know, the mayor of his of his town. Like, you know, and they're scared of that happening. But you know what? It's about the numbers. If the numbers dictate that, then that then it shall be that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I uh, circling back to the question about if and when you had a particular feminist awakening. But was there a time you can think back where um, what has become clearly a passion for you representing women who cannot or do not want to at this point represent themselves really started to animate your activities? Um, I'm not sure. I think that just I always felt the injustice between the two genders. I think like one of the first things that resonated with me when I was little was I remember being like in eighth grade. I started to have this like consciousness of what it meant to do things that the teachers considered bummy. 
like bummy would mean, let's say, going out rollerblading at a park where there are boys rollerblading. That means you're being bummy or you're in a pizza store where there are boys. Everything became very binary. It was, mm-hmm. it was just about don't do things around other boys. And then trying to deconstruct it at that age, thinking, well, what are they signaling to me that boys can do what they want? Girls have to be more careful because of the reputation that they might get. And then what does that mean if you deconstruct it one level further, where girls have a much harder time um, clearing their reputation, whereas boys can just like rebound very quickly. You know, after a month of learning in yeshiva and putting on a white shirt and a sitsis hanging out, you, he can literally undo seven years of making out with any girl that, you know, that he could find. Whereas a girl who maybe would do that, which I think, which I don't understand why we're even demonizing something like that, like right. sexual expression and exploration should become something we talk about more in general to have healthy adults who have experience and, you know, and, and know and understand their own sexuality and their own desires. But women who girls who would do something like that, like, oh my gosh, you can never leave that reputation behind. And kind of like thinking how the community is just so much more um intolerant of female There's um, double standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Female exploration. And then that's not yeah. of course not just in the Jewish community. That's a, a, a much larger but problem. even more um concentrated. Exactly. Did you grow up in Flatbush? I did. Oh, okay. So I born went to, and bred. Yeah, born and bred Flatbush. My husband also. We just, you know. How did you guys find each other? So we actually know each other through family. My aunt and his brother um, are married. So my it aunt. It wasn't like a illicit pizza store. No, encounter. exactly no. right. <laughs> so I do know him for a Is long time. Is he a part of your own business and stuff? Yes. Yeah. He's behind the scenes on everything. And what I so admire in him is really, like, he really doesn't take credit for anything he writes the scripts he films them he edits he he's my you know I I brainstorm with him all the time um yeah so I'm really grateful I'm married almost 13 years wow so I'm married at 18 (laughs) wow and so I I have a question it's interesting because you to some extent followed the life script that is expected of many orthodox young women including myself which is marriage at a young age um you there's a lot of positive social feedback for for getting married um becoming a mother relatively quickly um and continuing along that path how has being able to put on that i'm an insider hat helped facilitate your message or do you find that it's made it more difficult in certain ways to sort of have this sort of duality of I I am so much a part of this community and its expectations and yet I feel so simultaneously outside its expectations does that question resonate? I love it it's beautiful you really were very eloquent with the way you asked it I would like, I have, you're really great at like zeroing in on, it's beautiful. <laughs> I happen to speak from personal experience. So first of all, yes, um, I guess superficially it might seem as though I followed the script of what was asked of me to do. But at the same time within those, I always felt like I was pushing the envelope a little bit. So like I was the only girl from my elementary school to go to Manhattan High School for girls, which is I would consider like the most intellectual from Orthodox 
um, only girls school like in the in the neighborhood in New York. Um, you know, they, they 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 just were doing things that were so considered outside what the regular base Yaakovs were doing to the point that my base Yaakov teachers in BYA were telling me, why are you going to a Gaiish school? And it's like, what are you Ga- Gaiish. Can we Ga-ish. define yeah. for Gentile. listeners? Gentile. Thank you. Yeah. Why are you going to a Gaiish school? They're going to corrupt you. Um, okay. I mean, that's ridiculous. She went to an all, an all girls, um, an all that's girls Orthodox high school with very, which is considered to be very religiously stringent. So. Just it's just more like they were doing things like have like doing gym in Hunter College, um, doing visitations at Lenox Hill, going to a lot of museums, um, and those things were considered. I know that, and it was in a brand, brownstone in the city, so it was like, oh, what are these things? They're mm-hmm. we're not comfortable with it. So, and then within, and then also um, not going to seminary. Um, feeling like I had already found my partner and wanted to start my life with him within the realm of what I felt was being, I guess, like a good Vesiakov girl. I guess that's where I was still a little bit naive, you know, wanted to still color within the lines, you know, not going to seminary. So I was, And then going to college where I got a master's in medieval literature. So I wasn't, I was always like kind of following the script, but always like a little bit skirting along the edge. So it was always like in my skirting, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pantsing within the. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I love it. Um, so I guess what that has allowed me to do is kind of see that it's really not binary. You don't have to be exactly within a cookie cutter to to be allowed to call yourself a member of a certain community. And now how I've translated that to my message today is saying, look, I'm one of you guys, but what one of you guys means is not necessarily what we think it means because I speak on behalf of many people who are one of us and yet feel a certain lack of complacency and and feeling like the hypocrisy that's going on within the system. Um, And so on face value, it maybe allows them to hear my messages and, and, and swallow it a little bit more because it's coming from someone who kind of looks like one of their own as a family, you know. But at the same time, that also is very um, difficult because they feel like one of their own is out in the field slandering them rather than singing their praises, which I think is really not fear to say because I'm so proud of my community. It's just more that I just it's just that I want more for them. Well, let's let's end off with telling listeners where they can follow you. Um, you can follow me on any of my channels um, under the name Flappish Girl, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, you could look at my website, which is currently VoteFlappishGirl.com. Um, VoteForFlappishGirl.com. Um, and really, I'm also very accessible via email, Adina at FlappishGirl.com. I answer every single email. Actually, on Instagram, I get close to 400 direct messages a day. Wow. And I, with my team, answer all of them. Uh Like, I find that it's a great place to connect with people who think they're just going to give some sort of, like, informal, nonchalant response or answer or feedback. And that's really where the gold is. Like, that's where you really get to connect with how the audience is thinking, feeling, and questions they're having or, you know, ways in which I can help them or whatever. Wow. Could you ever have foreseen... um, Flatbush Girl and From Women Have Faces becoming what it is today? I could have. 
And I think she like planned that. Yeah. yeah. And I, this and was very calculated. It's kind of cool. Like most people, they say, oh, I just kind of fell into it. She's like, no, no, no. I was, I was looking for my little pattern <laughs> and I was going to make this happen. Yeah. And, and, and I'm really not going to stop. Like I'm really. You hear that I'm, people? She's, yeah. Look she's out. really not going to stop. Look this out. Every client song. could leave. That's awesome. Every client could leave. Every friend could leave. Every um, family member can leave. And I will stay fight. Stay put fighting the good fight for these girls. Um, so I just want to leave off with one story. My son had a, had a trip the other day, like to a park, and they were doing tug of war. So they did like it was it's mixed the classes. So they did cl- like first grade against for, like second grade or whatever. And then and I was and every time they did it, I was like right next to my son, I'm like you got this, pull her, you can do it, you know. And then they said girls against boys, and I looked at my son and I'm like. This world is made for you. You will always have the upper hand as a male. I got to go to that side. <laughs> and I cheered them on and I'm like, who run the world? Girls, girls, you know, <laughs> and we won. And I really think it's just having that person who's cheering you on, telling you like, you got this. We're girls and we're going to own it. You know, um, I think like that was just like a moment where like I left my son to lose <laughs> on behalf of the other girls who I think are so much more important to motivate from a young age. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on Chutzpah. This episode of the Chutzpah podcast was recorded by Shira Hanau and edited by Rebecca Honig-Friedman. Our theme music is by Glazer Drive. The Chutzpah podcast is a joint project of Jofa and the New York Jewish Week. You can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please remember to subscribe. And if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a positive rating.